Welcome to Karate Cafe, your source for martial arts conversations since 2005. Karate Cafe is sponsored by Piranha Gear. Visit piranagear.com for all your martial arts equipment needs. And now, here's your hosts, Paul Wilson and Dan Williams. Happy New Year, everybody. It's Paul back here with a new episode of Karate Cafe, the first episode of 2017. Off my center line, as always, just a lopsaw away is my good friend Dan Williams. Dan, how are you? Good. How are you? How was your Christmas and New Year's? It was uh, largely uneventful, and that was not, not a bad thing considering all the things that are going on in the world right now. Mine as well. I, I was, uh, it was definitely a peaceful uh, Christmas this Christmas. So, oh, fantastic. I can, I, you know, the older you get, the more you appreciate uh, peace in your life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, that's what some people ask me what I did for the New Year's, and I said, uh, you know, I kissed my wife at midnight. I was in bed at twelve oh five, and I was asleep at twelve thirty. You know, so it's, I, I slept right through it. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> we uh, we 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 just kind of like you know, like cruise. We you know it's you know maybe next year it'll be like meh, but this year it's like we're gonna stay till midnight. You know, so right. We're not old yet. Exactly. We are not old yet. But Corte Cafe is a year older. Uh, you know, it, it's actually you know it started in two thousand five. So this is. Almost the eleventh anniversary of it. Oh, yeah! Wow, yeah, that's so blowing my head, right? I know eleven. Wow, yeah, that is, I, I, uh, that's amazing. I know. We just, um, I just had an interview with uh, Jared over at the Marshall Thoughts podcast the other day, and that'll be coming out at some point. And and so he was Ooh. asking, you know, kind of about the history of the. Of the uh, the podcast and mm-hmm. and all that, all the machinations. It's yeah, been you know. And then I, I didn't really like. I don't think I really kind of ground it and put it together. I also didn't put it together because tonight, as we record this here in the massive Karate Cafe studio, uh, yeah, actually uh, yesterday, but I'm preparing tonight. Well, the fourth was the um, anniversary of me opening my own dojo. And, hey, and that's ten years, and <laughs> which again, uh, you know, my head didn't really wrap around it until I actually. You know, was making a Facebook invite for people um, <laughs> that it's been a decade of, of me, yeah. you know, fooling people, I mean, training people. Uh, so that that's kind of a cool little thing for me. So 11 years. That's for the very podcast. cool. Yeah, I, 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 I just, you know, um, I think I started doing, joining, I, I, uh, Karate Cafe started and I think I got on the podcast not too long after they started as just like a kind of contributor. And then I opened mm-hmm. my dojo. So I think there were some episodes of me, like, you know, founding my dojo and, like, the, the trials and tribulations. So uh, we got that going for us. The, uh, but Do you have all those? Do you have all the recordings from uh, the start? I've got most of them. Uh, some of them yeah. are uh, maybe the, the, the tapes have deteriorated in the, uh, in the vaults and the massive right. cafe studio. Our tech team was not as, uh, as diligent as they could have been. The archive process wasn't, uh, yeah. thoroughly vetted. I, I've thrown some out there and people have asked me to throw the old ones out there. One of the things that, uh, I, I really enjoyed, especially in 2016 was that we had a lot of people who, uh, found the podcast and are trying to catch back up on all the old episodes. So, um, that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, I did a, I, I had the tech team run some numbers, crunch some stuff on the Univac. And uh, so this year we had a total of 9,650 downloads. Hey. Uh, yeah. Uh, a little down from 2015, but, you know, we kind of slacked off through the summer. So, we did. Uh, yeah. So there's, but I mean, you know, only about 
four or five hundred so a difference uh, between last year. And um, uh, our our number our, our top listeners and downloaders is of course uh, USA. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the UK, strangely enough. Um, yeah, hey. You know, uh, we picked up a, a lot of UK traffic uh, after our interview with Ian Abernathy. Um, well, of course, but, yeah. But they've always been kind of up there. And then Australia is our, is our, our next uh, highest vote, the, uh, Canada, uh, also nice. Um, Germany, France, uh, India, which is, ah, you know, cool. yeah. Uh, Denmark, they've got some Sweden, and then Japan, the old country, are. Uh, um, digging on us so that was kind of cool uh nice yeah the uh number two most downloaded episode was uh, just a q a episode we had people send us some questions and uh and we answered them so that that was the <laughs> the, the most uh or the second most the most downloaded uh episode was episode 118 which was about uh, dojo hypnosis and no touch nonsense Ah, yes. Yes. It's a very controversial topic. Yeah, totally. As we found out from Facebook, right? Right, yeah. So um, I think I put, a, I put a video of, some, of a Sistema guy. And um, for those of you that um, aren't on Facebook or you, know, or you are but aren't in our group, um, search for our group and, and join it because it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, but I did a... I don't know where I ran across it, but it was a Sistema guy. And essentially, you know, one of his, his uki, for lack of a better word, um, would like grab his wrist. He would shake his shoulders a couple of times and the guy would collapse to the ground. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's funny because I, I, I think I ended up softening my view a little bit uh, because my first thought was, that's the silliest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and uh, it certainly looked like, I mean, it was essentially, a, to me, it looked like a no-touch knockout with the guy just happening to, to hold your wrist. Um, so not a whole lot different than a no-touch, to tell you the truth. Um, now, we had, uh, you know, some people that did not agree with, with that stance, and... I don't know. I guess after thinking about it and looking at it and regardless of what I believe or don't believe, if that's what they want to do and study, then that's fine. I just, I don't know if I would call that martial arts anymore. Right? Right. Well, you know, I, I, I kind of watched the, uh, I I, I trolled it a little bit. I kind of watched the, the, I was trolling for a while too. I was like, yeah. hmm. Seeing where this is going to go. Uh, you know, it's. Um, well, Lurking. I, I've had, yes, I've, I've, I've lurked. Uh, there, there were. I'm of two minds. I mean, I too, just like our good friend Matthew Matson, who was uh, posted mm-hmm. quite a bit on there on that thread uh, about what it is. Yeah, you know, I've seen things and felt things in martial arts that are, you know, ooh, kind of magical a little bit. Uh, yep. The first thing I noticed in that video was I actually kind of. I was like, wow, that's kind of a. Uh, a 180 out because usually it's the big fat guy who's you know magicking. Oh right, and, he's and the teacher most of the time, and they're falling down. So uh, and it's, it seems to me that a lot of those systema guys are um, zaftig, shall we say? Uh, yeah. But um, you know when I see that some of that stuff I looked at, like if you look at the video, uh, one of the things I, I kind of noticed was when um, he was doing the techniques on on. on uh, 
Izuke, a lot of it was, you know, he was doing something, and then he was, he was basically just sitting down. You know, so like, yeah. like, like, so it wasn't like he was losing motor control and collapsing. It was just like he was kind of sitting down. So, yeah. so, so part of it was a little like, uh, all right, you know. And I did notice well, when he when so then he did it on somebody. The big guy mm-hmm. did it on somebody, and like their legs were different. The the guy who was demonstrating in the first place was getting getting inside the guy's legs, and I in my head I was like, well, that's kind of destroying his balance a little bit. Anyway, and then when the guy was doing it right. on the smaller dude, he was on the outside of his legs and basically holding him up. You know, mm-hmm. so I was like, eh. so if there was a, if if there was some actual magic happening, magic wasn't happening because structurally they were they were kind of different. Yeah. Um, but you know, knowing knowing when and where to hit in, in my system is kind of a big deal. Like, that's one of the things that we that we talk about. So you know, I'm I'm willing to to buy some of it. But, you know, the, the Sistema guys are, they're, I've seen some of them, I was in a park in Montreal, actually, a couple of years ago, and, and they were doing their deal. And, you know, they do things like, they do stuff slow, which I, I'm all about. Uh, mm-hmm. They do stuff, you know, like they say, like, hitting a right target. And, and so, but, you know, there are a lot of things where, like, you know, they were letting people hit them, and they're like, oh, we can just absorb this energy. And, 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 um, and, and so that kind of stuff. I mean, the system is around, and, and people people have dug it for a while. Yeah. But it's it's always like the same, like two or three people who are doing all that magic stuff. So you know. Well, and here's here's my thought on it is that I think it's um, you know my experience with that my only experience with that kind of stuff is um, when I was younger, I took an Aikido class, and I only took it for a few months. And I distinctly remember at one point the, 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 the small old Asian instructor wandered out of his office as he did once every two weeks uh, and did a demonstration. And I got called to help him with, do the demonstration. And, you know, during his technique, I've, I felt like, or it seemed anyway, like I was on my back before I knew what was going on. That being said, you know, when, when you look at the video, I don't believe for an instant, or, or I should say, I, th- I thoroughly believe that the guy that was falling on the ground believed that he had no choice but to fall on the ground. It's back to that hypnosis episode that we're talking about. I don't think he thinks... I don't think he's like, I'm going to fool people and fall on the ground. I think he genuinely believes, and that's the way it works, right? Is he believes that that is what will happen, so that's what happens. Um, meanwhile, it's it's a feedback loop, right? Because this guy then falls on the ground. The guy, the guy that's doing the technique then says, gee, I must have magical powers that I can do this. I'm going to do this more. Guess what? The more he does it, the more the other guy falls down. Um, so it's kind of a self feeding beast. Um, the, now the thing to, you know, I don't want to call it magic necessarily because one of the things that, that Matt pointed out was there is physical contact and, there's, it's not action at a distance. It's, you know, I don't know what 
that what energy could be transferred in that physical contact um, that would result in someone collapsing to the ground. But I don't think it's physical in the way that base equals leverage, you know, base and leverage and, you know, putting someone on the ground using <laughs> gravity and skill. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, you know, it's, it's magic because there's no physical force that would do that to someone, um, in the way that he's falling down. Uh, you know, he's standing and balanced and there's nothing that the other guy is doing physically to make him not stand. So if, if you want to argue that there's some, if anyone, if someone wants to argue that there's an energy flow through your body and that energy flow affects his energy and it makes his legs fall out from under him. Okay. That's a, that's a different conversation, right? And right, we can yeah. have that conversation, but it's a different conversation. There's, there's no way that that technique could have been done that, that physics would agree with from a physical standpoint. Um, yeah, I mean, so, I, 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 cause I, you know, I, I'm watching the video right now, as a matter of fact. Yeah, oh, okay. And uh, I got it up here on one of the mini monitors in the massive Karate Cafe studio. And, you know, I, I, some of it is looking like it, it's just basically, you know, sort of balance destruction a little bit. He's kind of moving his hips and he's moving his shoulders a little bit at the right time. And so the guy, you know, is off balance. But then he's just kind of falling. His hands are still clinched, so it's not like he's lost motor control. I mean, the, the way he's falling is not; it doesn't look like he's like losing motor control. It looks like right. he's just he's supposed to fall down, so he falls down. You know, uh, and it's not it's not the old thing where oh, if you have a straight arm, then you can you can kind of manipulate someone's balance by by moving their arm. The the guy doing the technique doesn't physically move any part of the other guy's body right and you know, there's just little small small movements and so and you know and, and again i've 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 been the victim of you know small manipulations and you know and stuff like you put a little bone in a certain place and you know ow it hurts or you right, know because you move because it hurts there's yeah. a there's a physical response to that yeah i was talking to somebody at a seminar the other day and i told them i, I said something about they were putting a lot of emphasis in it. And I was like, you don't, you know, you don't really need to hit super duper hard. I said, you know, when the, when, when, you know, when the coffee table hits you in the knee and you can't walk, it doesn't hit you hard. It just kind of grazes that thing and right. hits you in just the right spot. Yeah. And, and you can't, you know, but, but I think that the reaction is, is far different than the reaction that was going on in this video that we're talking about. Was, I mean, there's, right. there's, he, cause he just hops right back up and off he goes. And I guess, I mean, I guess the argument is, well, that's the thing. It's, you know, when, when he's touching you and sending his, his chi into you or whatever they're doing, uh, you're, you're discombobulated, but then, right. Then you're done and you're, and you can get back up, which I don't think is really, you know, tactically a great thing to have. Right. I, I, I want it to, um, you know, affect them a little bit more thoroughly. Yeah. So I can run. You know, um, maybe that's the maybe that's the next level. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, so but, I, uh, but, but you know, oh, go ahead. You know, but I guess kind of the thing that um, I want to kind of point out for people who are on the message boards and stuff like that is, you know, everyone has the best Kool Aid. <laughs> 
it's going to be really hard to convince another martial artist that whatever their stance in in martial arts is wrong. Most people have to come to it to themselves. I mean, I mean, you'll have people who, I mean, they'll switch systems because they have a realization that whatever their current system had that they, you know, had done for, you know, years and years and years in some cases, suddenly isn't up to snuff, you know, or they, they, they found something that's that's more... Uh, in line with what they're doing now, you know, where their head's at, that kind of thing like that. It's it's hard to convince some, a martial artist that well, they've got their so stances much into it, you know. Yeah, well, but I mean, that's like it's kind of you know, this is kind of neutral ground because I don't think there's any system of people that are uh, on, right. on the board, and this is actually traditional martial artist guys kind of doing it. So yeah, I mean, I I guess you know one of the things is just remember, you know, we're we're all martial artists, we all have an opinion. And uh, opinions are like belts. Everyone has one. Right. So, and, you know, it's, I, I think that if, um, and I think I put this on, the, on, I put this up on the board. There's, there are, there are yogis in the world that hold seminars and classes and, and have students that they're trying to teach to fly. I mean, quite literally. Uh, and, I saw a documentary not too long ago about it. And these guys, they, they fold up their, they, they, they fold their legs, um, into like a, 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 an Indian position or whatever you call it. And they hop across these pads. Right. And the idea is, is that, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen those guys. At, right, right, right. Right. At some point they'll fly. Now, will they? I really don't think so. But, you know, call me a skeptic. <laughs> um, the thing is, is that as you watch the video and as they're doing it, they're all smiling while they're doing it. So yeah. I'm not going to say that it's a waste of time and that someone shouldn't study the, the fringes of martial arts. Um, what I will say, and, you know, I, I kind of come back to this fairly often is that if you are teaching this as a self-defense technique, then you are an irresponsible instructor um, because there is no doubt in my mind that it will get someone hurt at some point because regardless of how well you think it does or doesn't work, if you're faced with a mugger with a knife and he grabs your hand and you roll your shoulder a couple of times, he's going to stab you in the gut. Um, and that is, that is my biggest worry. Now, m most of these examples like this are, well, you only get to this level when you've done it for 40 years. Um, so I don't think that like the Sistema guys are teaching that kind of technique as a self-defense technique. Um, I think they're, it's, you know, it's mostly publicity and, um, uh, you know, advertising for their style and how cool it is and that you can do this if you train here for 40 years. But um, I, my understanding, at least with Sistema, seen some of the Sistema stuff, I don't necessarily agree with it either, but that's okay. Um, at least they're more valid techniques than, than what that guy was showing. Um, so I'm not going to say it's impossible and that what he does, was doing couldn't be done. Um, but I am going to, uh, you know, I'm pretty firm in saying 
it's a very irresponsible thing to be teaching that as self-defense because because um, you're going to get people hurt. Oh, clearly. So that's, I mean, you know, people. That's my biggest problem. Yeah, you know, we've got people sort of in our in our waters and uh, of, of my system and and um, the sort of master system that we're a part of, as it were. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they're, and they're, you know, they'll pick stuff. One of them was picking apart. There was a jiu-jitsu video, and a guy was doing wrist locks. Now, the, mm-hmm. the title of the, of the video was uh, Five Deadly Wrist Locks, which, I mean, Ooh. maybe the Sistema guys can kill you with a wrist lock, but I, I've never <laughs> known anyone to, to, to intend to kill somebody with a wrist lock. Um, but, you know, it was, it, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, that we've talked about before, is like some of these videos, you got to kind of, uh, you know, you can't accept it in a vacuum. You can't look at it and go like, right. you have to take it all with a grain of salt. Yeah. Because I mean, you don't know the context and, and yeah, it's, it, that's the whole thing is like, you know, we do 2D, which is the joint locks and stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of people like, well, that, that, that just won't work. Cause you know, they're going to be punching you. And I'm like, yeah, arguably that probably won't work most of the time. You know, right. but, but it's an interesting mechanical thing. It's an interest, you know, it, it serves several purposes and every now and again, you might get to use it. So, right. You know, if if it wasn't if it wasn't there to this date, it probably because it didn't work, kind of thing. So you know, it's yeah. it's got to work at some point for people to keep perpetuating the the, the myth that it's going to work. You know, and and if anything, it's there. So that kind of dovetails into our next uh, Facebook um, point about yeah. the, about, about the, the percentage of what you you learn in the dojo is what you'll use. Right in the street, you know, and, and we all know I hate saying in the street, but um, right, you know, it's it's yeah. It's so like with stuff with with 2D and and even weapons in some cases, you know, traditional weapons, you know, a lot of people there's there's a whole gamut of people who who various stages of training. Yeah, and that's I mean, it's funny because um, yeah, I posted that about I think it was Kent that said, and I it's not a direct quote, it's just I what I remembered. Um, that uh, you're going to only use 10% of what you get uh, of your training. Like, you know, you will only ever in some sort of street fight use a very small percentage of the techniques that you've learned. And so I just kind of threw the question out of why, why learn the other 90%? What's, what's the point of it? Um, and I thought there were very, some very insightful answers, like you never know which 10% you're going to need. Um, and I think that that is that's, that's very apt, um, because, you know, you're going to, it's going to be different if you're in a bar face to face with somebody versus you get attacked in an alley versus if you're in an elevator versus, you know, there's just, there's different scenarios that are going to come up. Um, one of the guys had a very good point of the, the spectrum of violence. So, you want to develop techniques that will allow you to apply a, a, a spectrum and not just, um, you know, beat the guy up until he's dead. Uh, and I've, I've actually always had that complaint about Wing Chun because it, it seems that the philosophy of Wing Chun is punch them in the face until they're down and then punch them in the face some more. Um, and while that's great, if you know, you're being attacked on the street, it's not a very great technique for your belligerent drunk uncle at the barbecue. Um, so I do think that there is a, a spectrum of techniques that you need to learn for those reasons. I would still argue, um, that even, even then 
there's a group of techniques that you learn probably even knowing there's 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 no uh, street value for this technique. Yeah, well, uh, there's I mean there's techniques like for our two D sets, you know, and mm -hmm. um, we'll do them. And there's some that that a I just can't make work either <laughs> either because it's who I'm working with, or yeah. it's because I have just not attained that level, you know, Mastery. or yeah, uh, you know, or whatever, you know, I just I can't make it work. But I know they work because they haven't done to me. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, I know they work, and I know they've worked at some point, kind of thing like that. But yeah. also within those, there are ones that eh, technically aren't that great, you know. Uh, but <laughs> if you drill down, which is kind of kind of the whole thing with you know, I go back to with katas. But if you take some, take you know that grouping of techniques and go, okay, in there, there's this and this and this and this, and those will work, you know. That or you yeah. know. This is this is a solid technique based on other stuff you've done, or this is just a variation of this technique, you know. And yeah. um, well, it, and it, like if uh, you know, if you look at some of the videos that Kent does, it's sort of like, okay, someone's going to, you know, thrust a knife at you, and you're you block that to the side, you hit their arm, you hit their face, you come back around them, you sweep the leg, you punch them some more, and then you get them into. It's like really. <laughs> You're, you're going to do all that stuff in a perfect sequence and it's going to look, you know, and I, I think his point was, is that, you know, sometimes the stuff that you do is, is to build attributes. Sometimes the stuff that you do is purely for, I mean, my personal opinion is I think a lot of it is for the, is the history of the art. Um, there's, I think too many people forget about the art part of martial art. And well, it's, you know, if it's, if it's learning to fight, if it's pure combat, um, then there's not really any art to it. And that's okay. If that's what people want to learn. Yeah. Um, but we have, especially in karate, uh, or karate as it's known, karate. um, is, is the, there's a, you know, a, a group of people, yeah, you know, we've kind of we've kind of talked about them before, you know, like in the in the twenty year showdowns episode and whatnot, where it's it's you know, they they're I'm not teaching anything other than what I was taught, you know, right. and and so yeah, arguably, like some of these guys that are doing this are you know they're 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 all they're teaching is the stuff that they were taught, but they were only training with somebody who taught them that for a relatively short time, mm -hmm. and. You know, in that time, they may have polished it, and and, and they may stumble across the, the 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 gates of Shaolin, you know, and, and come across. Like, right. But but the whole thing is, is like is but they're they're digging their heels and they're saying they're going like, well, that's junk, and I like the whole thing with like joint locks and stuff. It's like, well, that's crap. That's right. that's not real fighting. And it's like, well, you know, did you really learn real fighting, or did you just learn a small subset, and you're making it work? You know, so it's yeah. it, it's it's you know when when. When you get these guys that, you know, some of these guys that were doing this stuff, they're, they were trained in the 60s and the 70s, and they're old, and they've been doing it for 30, 40, 50 years, you know? And, yeah. and so you can't say that their martial arts are bad, per se, but it's like they're ignoring the art part, you know, that, yeah. that, that you know, they're, 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 they're so adamant on teaching it the way I was taught, but they don't take the context of, well, when you were taught it, you know, you were like a, a young dude who could, you know, take a lot of abuse, 
and maybe your instructor was an older dude but still could take <laughs> a lot of abuse or maybe you took you know you're taking it from an old guy whose body's all beat up and he can't do those things so you're missing some of the stuff not by the by virtue of them not understanding it or not passing it on but they're passing it in a way that their body can do <laughs> yeah and and then you know and well, so it's it, it's like it's all contextual when you don't go like okay well there's this whole other stuff that uh, you know I didn't get taught but other systems do maybe there's a reason other systems are doing it I should you know at least look into it and not dismiss it out of hand right that that I think is 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 key and you know from from what you were saying I think the um, the analogy I was thinking of is that if if you were an artist and you had a teacher, and when you left your teacher, what you did was made replicas of their paintings. Um, they would be beautiful paintings. I'm sure people would enjoy them. I'm sure you could teach other people to paint those paintings, and that would all be fine. Um, I would have a preference to paint my own paintings um, and make my own art. I would use the same techniques I was taught. I would use the sort of same core and the foundation of what I had learned. But my my landscape might have hills in it, <laughs> where my instructor's was a flat plane. You know, it's like I don't think there's anything wrong with that. In fact, I think that's good. That's kind of how things evolve. You know. Um, at the same time, there's a great sense of, of history in a lot of martial arts. And I think it's unfortunate that a lot of people kind of don't take that history, even if it's not immediate, even if you don't immediately understand the practical value of that, that um, you devalue it just because you don't understand the practical value. Uh, and one of the things that I've always missed, uh, is a lot of, it seems like a lot of mo I'm going to call them modern martial arts. Um, uh, a lot of modern martial arts don't have forms. They don't have kata. They don't have, they don't have a, a set pattern of something. I don't think Krav, for example, has any forms or patterns or any of that stuff. Um, and it's always, I've always thought, Yes, I'm sure that a lot of people go, well, what are you supposed to be doing? You're supposed to be in fighting invisible opponents, and that's ridiculous, and you would never fight people that way, and you can just throw out that whole thing. At the same time, um, you know, when I memorize a form and my body memorizes that form, I, I know I have a, a physical memory of the quote unquote perfect way to do a particular technique. So I can always come back to that reference point of how something is supposed to be done. If I'm, if I'm not feeling it in practice, if I'm, you know, if I'm doing chi sao or something like that, and I'm not feeling a particular technique isn't quite feeling right. I can then have that reference of the form to go back to, to say, Okay, is my body position correct to execute this technique properly? And if you just throw out those those forms and the kata and things like that, then your students don't have a reference point to come back to. And, you know, maybe there was value in that that you didn't understand when you chose to throw it out. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's uh, 
you know, being thoughtful about that and actually analyzing, you know, one of the things that uh, in my dojo and actually kind of in our system in general is mm -hmm. uh, we don't do a lot of the conditioning stuff that like some systems in Okinawa do. The, the hojo. Like bone conditioning and well, stuff? No, we do that. Uh, the, but, well, yeah, uh, it's, it's called Hojo Endo and it's just like conditioning stuff. It's, you know, it's, it's basically, you know, weights. It's like an Okinawa, and, you know, free oh, weights. Oh, it's... And, um... You know, you right, right, doing right. things to improve your aerobic grip. conditioning. Well, yeah, just, just stuff to improve your grip strength and blah 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 mm -hmm. blah. And not too long ago, I was talking to somebody about that. I mean, and and I just I don't, you know, it's kind of one of those things that uh, when I'm in, in these ten years that I've been teaching, you know, that I've I've like, you know, what am I? Am I neglecting something? You know, is is there something that I'm, you know? And so that's one of the things that I kind of wonder sometimes. Like, well, should I? Should I kind of put some of that in? Because, you know, I, I see the merit in it, right? But, right. But, but then I also say, like, but I have a lot of karate stuff that I need to, need to learn, you know, and I have a lot of stuff that I need to impart that is part of this system, and that's not part of this system. So although it adds value, well, it takes training time away. So, right. And so, well, but back to so, but then what, what I was you were say saying about context. Yeah. Well, so you know, then, the so, well, here it is. So here's the, here's the context. Yeah. So then what I was wondering, and I've asked a couple of people and I haven't got a definitive answer yet, but maybe someone in our Karate Cafe family will know, was Ooh. Hojo Undo, I'm wondering, because when I look back at it, in the, I, I see it, I find a book like maybe in the 20s, I think, was a picture of people doing Hojo Undo. And, oh, wow. But I'm wondering if before that, I wonder if that was part of what was the precursor, you know, like Tei or Tode or whatever, you know, the, the, the Okinawan arts as they came up and were being formed and turning, turned into, you know, what eventually became karate. If at some point, you know, all these guys who were like working in the farms and were like, um, you know, fishermen mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, and life was just harder in general. You had to like draw right. water, you know, and like where they said at a certain point, maybe in a, in a 10 or 20 year gap where some of these guys said, Hey, this, you know, we're getting soft, you know, like, right. or, or like we're missing stuff that's not in the training, but we used to just take for granted because it was in our everyday life. We need right. to find something to supplant that. And then, and they and they didn't have gyms around every corner, right? They didn't and they have twenty four workout facilities. Yeah. They didn't have a treadmill in their bag in their yeah. in their spare room, you know. So, so then the, the the flip side is, but then there was a lot of this martial arts stuff was perpetuated by the royal guard and stuff like that to teach the royalty of Okinawa and and that sort of thing. So one would argue then, well, the royalty probably didn't do a whole lot of working in the field. So did this get generated for that? You know, which is still arguably relatively soon so you know that that's the kind of things where in my head i'm going you know w which path mm. you know what what lore do i want to follow there's, there's mm -hmm. not a lot of clear you know documentation on it that i can find at any rate and you know so you know but does it merit you know is that part of the 90 percent that i that i that i'm never going to use because i go to the gym you know uh, well and you, that, that's a really that's a really tough one, and that's a really good point in that, um, you know, just if you take a look at, uh, again, like just aerobic conditioning. Well, aerobic conditioning, when you do, I don't know, whatever, however many, however much aerobic conditioning people should do, like you should get exercise on a regular basis to be a healthy person. And so if if people aren't in a position to do that and 
as part of going to their martial arts class, they expect, maybe expect part of that. Like I'm doing this to get exercise and be a healthy human being. Um, then maybe there's some of it again. If you got, if you have people that are doing that as well as working out at the gym, I mean, you know, you have a much broader spectrum of people that you're teaching to. And so I get the idea that as an instructor, I have, you know, my responsibility is not just to teach you martial arts. And we talked about this in one of the recent podcasts. My responsibility is not maybe not just to teach you technique one, technique two, technique three, but it's also to try and make you become a better human being and have a better life. Uh, and you know, from a very specific context. Um, but maybe part of that is making sure that your students get some exercise, you know? So yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of where a really good one. It's like, well, geez, do I want to, you know, how are people here? Like one of my students, she's a power lifter, right? She, she, she lifts yeah. weights and she's, you know, uh, really strong and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't really need to give her any sort of strength training. She's totally good on that, you know, so, but because that's outside of what we're doing. So, you know, is it, is the dojo supposed to be one-stop shopping or is it supposed to, you know, I mean, we, you know, we've talked about all this before about people, you know, talking about, you know, using, uh, you know, firearms and should, you know, should your school be teaching firearms training, you know, so it's, it's, but for me, like for my system, not having that, that component yeah, is important. But for some people's yep. system, it's an integral part of their system. So they, they use that to pass on. And, and who are we yep. to judge? Yeah. Right. Um, well, you know, we're clearly not going to get this solved today. <laughs> we're not going to resolve <laughs> but this But we'd today. love to hear what our listeners are saying. So pop on to uh, Facebook.com and uh, go find the Karate Cafe page if you're not already a member and sign up. That's right. And awesome. uh, here's to another, you know, 10,000 or so downloads this year. And uh, Dan, always good to talk to you. Always good to talk to you, Paul. And we will talk to you all again very soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of Karate Cafe. You can join the conversation by emailing us at karatecafe at gmail.com. Call our comment line at 469-844-5791 or log into the forum at karatecafe.com. Remember, you can support the show by visiting our sponsor, piranagear.com, or shopping at Amazon through our link, karatecafe.com slash Amazon, or donate at karatecafe.com. I'm Steve Henderson, proud supporter and voice talent for Karate Cafe. If you or someone you know needs an effective voice for a film, television, radio, or new media web project, contact me at stevehendersonvoiceovers at gmail.com or call me at 404-314-8400. Once again, thanks for listening to Karate Cafe.